0: This message comes from NPR sponsor FX, presenting Clipped, the story of the 2013 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. Now streaming only on Hulu.
1: Today, we're focusing on a newly popular question. How much do you think about the Roman Empire?
2: Do you ever think about the Roman Empire?
3: Do you ever think about the what?
2: The Roman Empire. How many times, like a week, or just how many times in general, do you think about the Roman Empire?
4: What about the Roman just Empire? Just anything about it.
2: How often do you think about the Roman Empire?
4: <laughs> uh, I'd say like maybe once or, once a month, maybe once a week, something like that.
1: The Roman Empire started 2,000 years ago, famously declined and fell 1,500 years ago, and finally hit peak social media fame about 10 days ago. Julius Caesar, Emperor Augustus, the Great Order, Seneca, these men were powerful influencers in their day. Now, TikTok, Instagram, Reddit, and others are overflowing with commentary about the lasting influence of ancient Rome on our own culture. Social media users, especially women, have been texting, calling, and DMing their husbands, their dads, co-workers, roommates, asking them how much time the men in their lives spend thinking about the Punic Wars, Hadrian's Wall, and the Colosseum. And the answer seems to be quite a lot. It's a fun, silly trend, but it illustrates a broader point about what people today think about who thinks about history, what parts of history, and why. I'm Indira Lakshmanan of the Associated Press, in for Jen White. You're listening to the 1A podcast, where we get to the heart of the story. We'll be back with more and all things Roman Empire in just a moment. Stay with us. Let's welcome our guests. Joining us is Angela Watercutter. She's a senior editor at Wired and she covers pop culture. Angela, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. Also with us is Doug Boyne. He's a history professor at St. Louis University and the author of several books about antiquity. Doug, thanks for being here.
3: Thrilled to be here. Thank you.
1: So, Doug, let's start with you. When we talk about the Roman Empire, what time frame in history and what geographical areas of the world are we talking about?
3: Well, we're really talking about um, a part of the world that, if you had to put it onto the modern map, would likely encompass anywhere between forty-eight, maybe upwards of fifty-two, modern nations that encircle the Mediterranean Sea. So, really, we're looking at three continents and multilingual, multi-religious, ethnically pluralistic, um, dating back to anywhere between. 400 BCE and 400 or 500 AD, canonically speaking.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, Angela, you wrote a piece for Wired titled, Why is Everyone Asking Men About the Roman Empire? Walk us through this TikTok trend.
5: So it's one of those, because it's like every TikTok trend, like the actual like origin of it is really hard to sort of pin down, but as best I could find, it was a TikTok based on a tweet that was based on an Instagram reel that somebody saw where they had asked their partner, you know, like, again, babe, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? And then eventually it got to a point where uh, another TikToker got on and said, you guys are going to be so surprised. Like, ask everybody immediately. And then it just sort of took off from there. And then, you know, of course, there's always like one person who wasn't trying to get famous who got 4 million views for it uh, and ended up becoming sort of the... The um the go to that everybody was then you know as they do on TikTok stitching their response to that original uh, that original video and it just spreads and spreads and
1: spreads. So what sort of reactions Angela have people who've asked their male acquaintances gotten so far?
5: It seems to be uh, you know a mix of like once a week, once a month, you know every so often. At Wired, uh, when somebody sent this TikTok to uh, one of our Slack channels we all started talking about it and then i had all of our staff start texting all of their friends and all their male acquaintances to see what sort of responses and it was it was an interesting thing i mean it was a lot of um a lot of men saying you know once a week twice a week and then we were like but women do too you know it was kind of right. uh, all over the place uh and uh, it was yeah it was a wild sort of roller coaster of people wanting to to weigh in and then be like actually, I think about 1920s America more than I think about the Roman Empire, or I think more about the Cold War than I think about the Roman Empire. So yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting, because I want to know, Angela, why you think this question is so gendered? I mean, after all, one of the world's foremost historians of ancient Rome is British scholar Mary Beard. She's a woman. So I don't really get why people think that, you know, men are the ones thinking about the Roman Empire all the time. And by the way, you know, I think what caught the internet on fire, w- were a few answers on TikTok of women who were talking to men who were saying, oh, a few times a day, at least. So, yeah. you know, there are yeah. some people who claim to be thinking about it all the time. But why the gendered breakdown on this?
5: I, you know, I think it's one of those things that's sort of, um, I don't know, cart before the horse. Is that actually a Roman reference? I don't know. But, <laughs> where you know, like that um, the, because the trend was ask your boyfriend or ask your husband or whatever, people sort of twisted their idea about it to think, oh, well, this must be a guy thing. But I actually don't think it was. And I think a lot of the responses that were coming in that sort of second wave, um, you know, five days out or a week out or whatever, were actually people being like, well, let's just ask anybody, you know, regardless of gender about this. And it turned out that, you know, of course, um, people of all genders think about this,
1: you know. It's sort of
5: the same difference.
1: Right. So, Angela, for folks who are saying yes, they think about it a lot, why do people say they're thinking about ancient
2: Rome?
5: I mean, I think that there's still, because that society, um, you know, still sort of set the tones for a lot of what's even happening now, you know, um, that it still sort of ends up being applicable. And I think that, like, people are sort of fascinated. I mean, right now, You know, we're sort of watching a lot of government turmoil and a lot of, you know, sort of palace intrigue kind of stuff happen in uh, governments around the world. And I think that, like, people will still remember something they learned in school or, as I mentioned in my piece, maybe something they saw in a Russell Crowe film or something that sort of indicated, like, things that happened in Rome. And they're like, oh, well, Caesar, and it's not too different from what's happening, you know, either at this large corporation or, yeah, in the halls of
1: you know, justice or something like that. Well, I do want to come back to Russell Crowe and how Hollywood has influenced our impression of the Roman Empire. Um, But first, we reached out to one of the folks who has popularized this trend um, on the internet, a Roman reenactor from Sweden named Artur Hulu, who goes by the handle Gaius Flavius, about why he thinks the Roman Empire should feature more in our day-to-day lives. And this is what he had to say.
4: Well, uh, all roads lead to Rome uh, there are so many aspects of society that have roots in the ancient times I mean be it law, politics architecture, sports, the military um, and you will see a lot of references in literature, like in video games movies, uh, it sounds a bit like a conspiracy theory but like, why are all the planets in our solar system named the way they are, why is it called the Roman Catholic Church uh, why is the pen you use for your tablet called stylus? I mean you just can't avoid it
1: So, Doug, of course, our language has lots and lots of roots from Latin, um, as he pointed out with stylus, but um, he also says, you know, this has dug deep into our popular culture, video games, movies, and just about every development in politics, architecture, etc. So tell us, Doug, how pervasive is the influence of ancient Rome on our society?
3: i mean it, it it's uh it's really fascinating it's such a it's something that you you don't often really think about or or you think about it in the abstract, but underneath the hood of the you lift up the hood of the the American constitution for example you, you know a language like English has about seventy percent seventy percent of the words that feature in the u s Constitution probably have Latin roots to them, which trace them back to the ancient roman empire and if you every time you go to washington d c and you stand you know, on Capitol Hill, and, and anytime, you know, a, a middle schooler or a high schooler or a college age student makes a mistake of spelling the Capitol the wrong way, that funny O in the middle of the Capitol that we use comes directly from the Roman Hill, the Capitolium, which is where the Romans had a very important center of government. So there's just these very oddball uh, kind of resonances that are still literally with us, largely because for us in America, the founders looked back to the Republic from 2000 years ago for some of their ideas about how to fashion our government.
1: Hmm. We're going to head into a quick break. We'll be back with more in just a moment.
3: Support
0: for this podcast and the following message come from the United States Postal Service. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping services? Then give your business a competitive edge with USPS ground advantage. Keep things simple with upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there. And keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. Turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable.
2: This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: Let's get back to our conversation with this message. One of our listeners, Eric Bowman, emails, I think a lot about the Roman Empire because I think its collapse could teach us about what we're going through in the United States today. I heard that the Roman Senate thought the empire was eternal, so it didn't matter that they didn't accomplish anything for years at a time. They could get around to it later. Sounds like our Congress to me, says Eric. (laughs) Um, You know, a lot of people have also talked about the decline and fall of the Roman Empire and all sorts of ways in which they see um, American society, American government declining. Um, you know, I wonder, Doug, do you, you've written actually about the sacking um, of the Roman Empire with Alaric the Goth, but tell us what do you think are there are there trends and parallels between what's happening in current day America and the conditions that led to the decline and fall of Rome?
3: Yeah, it's a fascinating it's a fascinating conversation in Indira because so much of what the Roman Empire gives us is is just some raw data, and and the parallels that you can find and pull out are are easy, and they're they're accessible for people in terms of government dysfunction and, like you said, palace intrigue, and the the challenge really is is trying to to make sense of of such a mass of civilization. For me, the the one jumping out point that I kind of hang hang on to a lot these days in. in following the news, is really conversations about citizenship. And this is maybe the conversation you were alluding to with the book about Alaric the Goth. You know, the Romans made a very prideful point to incorporate other outside ethnicities, into their, into their republic, and eventually into their empire. So if you grew up in, say, Syria, for example, you, you had just as much of a right to be a Roman citizen as if you had been born in Italy. And what's fascinating about watching the Roman Empire change over time, which is the purview of the historian, is that the Romans become quite stingy with when and whom they give citizenship. And Alaric and the Goths of the fourth century are are some of a uh, wonderful case study for I think what happens when uh, a government just decides that it's the the generosity that it used to have to be a big melting pot becomes overweight with um, issues of xenophobia and mm. and really kind of hateful rhetoric spiteful rhetoric the citizenship that would have been granted to him in an earlier day, Alaric never received. And, uh, and th- that to me is, is just such a, there's a spotlight that I think should be shined there. Fascinating. We asked you what you think about
1: when you think about the Roman Empire. And here's Rodney from Little Rock, Arkansas, telling us about
4: one of Rome's forgotten neighbors. I think of the Byzantine or Eastern Roman Empire because of its relationship with Axum the African empire that ruled the lands now known as Ethiopia and Eritrea from the 1st century BCE to the 8th century CE. Now largely forgotten, Aksum was ranked during the 3rd century as one of the four most powerful nations, together with Byzantine Rome, Persia, and China. It controlled trade through the Red Sea with the Mediterranean, the Near East, and beyond. I lived there for several years, engaging in archaeological excavations in Axumite sites, as well as those dating from its predecessor. I now do what I can to restore the fame of this land, creating a virtual museum and writing a novel set 3,000 years ago in sites where I excavated.
1: Wow, thank you for that bit of really interesting history, Rodney. Doug, tell us, you know, do you think that this trend of kind China- of popularize on social media, a place that we don't normally think about serious history topics coming from. How might this expand our interest in learning more about the Roman Empire? Will it even inspire teachers to bring
3: it, more of it into their classrooms? I mean, I'm thrilled by it. I'm, I'm a, a total populist at, at heart. So the, the intro this morning just made me smile in terms of hearing all the, all the different ways that um, the question was asked. Uh, you know, I uh, just keep it quite close to home. Just for a second, my my husband of, of fifteen years ha- has not read any of my books, and I think this is an extraordinary qualify- qualifying statement that needs to be put on the the issue of who's thinking about the Roman Empire when. You know, my hope is that it 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 just inspires people to think about different angles that we haven't th- thought about before, because so much of what drives uh, inspiring historical research is originality and creative, creative thinking. And so for people who have never maybe thought about it in their lives to come and say, what, why might I consider the Roman Empire as a historical touchstone for a, a part of the modern conversations, I just think um, is, is super, is absolutely super.
1: Angela, I want to know how much of this trend is actually about how Hollywood is obsessed with ancient Rome and has held it up. I mean, there's everything from the beloved parody takedowns of the Roman Empire. Monty Python, of course, and Life of Brian comes straight to my mind. But then there's also, you know, Hollywood holding up this paragon of masculinity and toughness. I'm thinking of Gladiator, Spartacus, HBO's Rome. The list is endless
5: yeah i think that's a big that's a big part of it right that there's so much like i said there's so much media that we have about this and you know to to Doug's point like that i think also keeps this alive in the conversation you know like like i said we can see things on on tv or in films or whatever and that inspires more historical digging you know i think one of the things about watching sort of modern tv and modern film uh on streaming is that we watch it with wikipedia open you know i've uh, again, to bring it close to home for me, my partner and I have been uh, rewatching The Americans. And all I do now is sit around and Google things about the KGB because that's <laughs> what I'm watching and that's what I want to like know more about. And so I think it does kind of, you know, Hollywood has this sort of interest in this because it's, you know, it's war and it's, you know, big important people having big important conversations and, you know, giant palaces. And that's what great cinema is sometimes. And so, like, but it does fuel this historical interest and this interest in kind of the ways that society was before and maybe could be going towards again now.
1: It's true. the 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 combination, the overlap of our ability to Google anything um, in real time while we're learning about history. You know, maybe it's caused a renaissance of history thanks to uh, thanks to Hollywood. In a way, um, we're. You know, I I think that there's a lot more for us to talk about, particularly about how you know Rome has had an influence on religion. It has an influence on um, you know as we said before, architecture, road building, all sorts of things. So we're going to, you know, stay with us because we're going to talk more about this. We're discussing how we think about the Roman Empire. Still to come, we'll talk more about this and what we can learn from the Roman Empire, um, not just from the TikTok trend. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Let's get back to our conversation on the Roman Empire with this message we got from Will in Bethesda.
4: Um, I find it pretty funny that uh, this is just making the news now. Um, In my experience, uh, young men, uh, particularly uh, young white men, um, get interested in uh, the Roman Empire or uh, feudal Japan uh, at uh, some point in their lives, you know, teens, 20s. I know I certainly did, and come to think of it, it's been this way for a really long time—not just 20 years ago. Um, Every uh, authoritarian really seems to to idolize the the Roman Empire. Uh, You know, going back to uh, from the uh, monumentalist architecture uh, to the Third Reich to the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, Everybody, uh, everybody wants to project that image of power, I guess.
1: He's certainly right that um, fascist regimes in the last century um, definitely idealized and, and tried to emulate um, aspects of ancient Rome and try to tie themselves to that history. Uh, Doug, why is it that white men in particular are so interested in this history? Was Rome a very white place? Why is this history so important to white people?
3: Yeah, it's really it's it's such a it's such a fascinating uh, topic because the The issue of who sees themselves in the past well let's let 's put it this way trying to determine what to idolize about the past versus how to study it on its own terms are, are two entirely different endeavors and I think the way in which modern audiences modern white male audiences gravitate towards antiquity as a kind of comfort zone it really says a lot about our our current political, social, cultural moment because if you if you do the hard work of kind of looking back and, and kind of telling the underrepresented stories, there were amazing contributions from, let's say, 19th century, early 20th century America, um, from the Deep South and from people, men, women of color, To the study of the ancient Mediterranean, Um, William Scarborough, for example, was a son of a freed slave who contributed one of the very first um, ancient Greek grammar books to the curriculum of the United States. And so really, when we start to see this intense conversation today, you know, a post-January 6th conversation today with a lot of resonance, we're We're focusing in on on aspects of our own culture that um, are overlooking or kind of um, denying parts of the past that are much more complicated or complex. Hmm.
1: And of course, there's the question of oppression and how many people were oppressed by the Roman Empire. One of our listeners wrote in, in 1969, I had a solid public high school education. We had to take Latin. Always a lazy history student. I like to learn history from literature and film. What I think about now is the rise and fall of that empire and how the colonization of that era compares to that of British, French, American, Portuguese, and Spanish colonization. What do you think about
3: absolutely. that Doug? absolutely I, I think that's that's the type of that's exactly the type of fresh comparison thinking that is needed in the study of the past to recognize exactly like that listener did that there are, are broad contributions that a, a large imperialist colonial slave owning society like Romans have bequeathed to the modern world, and you know i 'm very much taken by. Um, this desire to uh, you know look at the past for both um, lessons that we might learn in terms of um, heroes that we could put on a pedestal that's certainly an idea we've inherited from Rome but there are other reasons why you study the past too and you study it for all for for, for the past warts and all and uh, that to me the the xenophobia the the bigotry the exclusion um, the social exclusion, those are almost the reasons why the Roman Empire is called—the patriarchy, let's say—those are the reasons why the Roman Empire is calling out for more study, not because we want to repeat the lessons that it has to offer us, but because we want to make sure that we don't. You know, we've received
1: dozens of text emails and voice messages from listeners comparing the current state of American politics to the fall of the Roman Empire. Here's Kristen from Lafayette, Indiana. Yeah, a little bit in the last couple of years. I think, are we doomed to fail like the Roman Empire? So, Doug, are these parallels fair and accurate, or are we stretching history to fit a narrative?
3: There's always going to be someone who has a new uh, overlooked idea about why the Roman Empire fell. I think the the list is currently in the 100s if we went to the scholarly literature and we tried to chart them all. Um, what I think is really... Uh, beneficial about those conversations in many ways is the points of comparison that lead us back to the past on its own terms and the past is always weirder it's always stranger than we we often expect it to be and when we have those those moments of thinking you know are we are we repeating history in many ways they challenge us that intellectual reflection challenges us to, to not just hold a mirror up to ourselves, but to think about who's being included in the conversation and who's being excluded from the conversation, because oftentimes the parallels we might come up with might might put us on one side of the table and we might be losing out on hearing another person's perspective, whether it 's the Goths perspective or the vandals perspective, the barbarians that are usually associated with bringing down the empire so i, 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 I I, I understand there's a lot of scholarly academic hesitancy about making broad comparisons over time, but as an exercise for our own thinking, it's it's really beneficial to just remind ourselves that we're different, and that in and of itself should inspire more curiosity about difference, and, and that's what I think is helpful.
1: You know, one of our listeners pointed out that we should not be romanticizing the Roman Empire. And the listener says uh, the Roman Empire's role in warfare and conquering and race should be studied with facts and answering myths. Angela, in your piece for Wired, you mention your own thoughts about the empire and how they hover around the persecution of Christians and the empire's conversion to Christianity after Constantine. Tell us why.
5: I think that, I mean, maybe it's just that I went to Catholic school and that was the part of the <laughs> Roman Empire that we studied the most. Um, but yeah, I do think about the, you know, to Doug's point earlier, like the persecution part of it and the um, the sort of, yeah, the, the blueprint of colonization that came out of that period of time and sort of the, you know, the exalting of, of one leader and, you know, sort of one government overall um, that sort of, like I said, still still sort of trickles out into, you know, into how we think about, governments and and corporations today. Mm
1: -hmm. We couldn't possibly have you both on the show without asking you the million dollar question, which is how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Angela, you go first.
5: (laughs) Um, For me personally, I am definitely in the camp of I probably think about it fairly often, but also I was a history buff. I've always been a history buff. And so yeah, like Last month, it was, or last week, it was the Roman Empire. It'll go back to the KGB. After that, it'll be uh, the post-war era. You know, I kind of go through cycles of what I'm sort of fascinated with. If I could um, borrow a borrow a response from my colleague, Stephen Levy, who's been covering uh, tech for many years. He said that uh, I think about ancient Rome every time I write about Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, he did not elaborate as to whether or not it was... Um, because he is the leader of a, you know, massive entity, or because of the haircut. Uh, but uh, I do think that, that uh, also probably my day job influences how often I think about it as well.
1: Doug, I think your day job would influence how much you think about the Roman Empire.
3: Um, I think the more interesting, exactly. The, I, the question I have for myself is, how do I not think about the Roman Empire? That's how I stay sane. Well, tell us, what are some of the hot conversations
1: going on now in the world of Roman Empire academia? This has certainly brought attention to your field it's a chance for, you know, you to get those arguments out in the larger world.
3: It is. And I, it's fantastic. I love it. I think the the issue for me that for, for, foremost jumped out of the TikTok um, meme was uh, just the, the conversation about gender. And, you know, Angela alluded to it. We're not quite sure how it got wrapped up or maybe that was a subsidiary part of of the the video that that wasn't necessarily being meant to be to be addressed, but the issue of women in positions of authority, for example, um, I, I think is a is a is a conversation that all of us in the field are quite interested in 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 promoting and making sure that we have more more of because the you know Margaret Atwood did an amazing job as as a fiction writer she she. She borrowed a lot of history in her her discussion or her evocation of a world of patriarchy in The Handmaid's Tale. And a lot of it comes from Rome. And I think the conversation we have to be having is more in that direction.
1: Hmm. You know, this trend has also given birth to an offshoot where people who don't identify as men share what their version of thinking about the Roman Empire is. Angela, kick us off. What are some of the things that women and non-binary people say that they are thinking about unexpectedly or often in their day to day?
5: Um, One of the things that one of my my colleagues mentioned was that I think the Roman Empire is uh, to men what girl dinner is to women, you know, (laughs) girl dinner being yet another internet meme uh, that's sort of like the the strange dinners that uh, women sometimes pull together from whatever is left over in the fridge. Um, So I think that there are definitely things like that that uh, kind of, kind of pervade into other areas of what, um, yeah, what some of the Difference the other Roman empires, I think, could be for folks of other genders. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much. Our guests today were Angela Watercutter, senior editor at Wired, and Doug Boyne, history professor at Saint Louis University, who is going to make sure I'm uh, I'm positive that the general public will do a better job of being correct about the Roman Empire. So, thank you both for your time. Today's producers were Chris Castano and A.C. Valdez. This program comes to you from WAMU. Part of American University in Washington, distributed by NPR. I'm Indira Lakshmanan, Global Enterprise Editor for the Associated Press. Let's talk more soon. This is 1A.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.